herself with a good look at all the fascinating little shops and stalls, and then head for the Gallery Lafayette, where she would be able to get most of her shopping done under one roof. She knew they sold magnificent boxes of nougat. She blessed the young for having the good sense to enjoy sweets, and very good costume jewellery, gloves and stockings. She would find something for everyone there. Halfway down one particularly fascinating street, she remembered the twins. Val and Nicky were twelve, and neither would thank her for clothes, and one did not give nougat to one's favourite children. For them it must be something more personal. She slowed before a window displaying a wide variety of hunting, shooting and fishing equipment, and almost at once saw the penknives. They were the very thing. A big one for Nick, as full of gadgets as an egg is of meat whilst Val would be enchanted by one of the smaller ones, with a mother-of-pearl handle, and not only all the usual appendages of a first-rate penknife, but also a teeny pair of scissors slotted into one side. She went into the shop, reflecting smugly that it was not every English woman who could have anticipated buying the penknives without a qualm. She was fond of telling her children that languages were important, though teachers these days did not seem to place the same emphasis on French and German as they had when she'd been at school, and now she went quickly and confidently over to the counter, secure in the knowledge of first-rate French. She had no difficulty, and in fact made a friend of the shopkeeper, who cast admiring eyes over her small, trim figure and slender legs, and actually went out with her into the street which ran along one end of the Place du Tetre and hailed a cab for her. The driver, too, was happy to oblige her when she told him she wanted to go to the Gallery Lafayette to do some shopping, and asked him to wait for her before taking her back to her hotel. Expense did not bother Tina, for Ted, most generous of men, was even more so on holiday, and her grey suede handbag was heavy with francs. She climbed into the elderly cab, therefore, and leaned back against the cracked leather of the seat. Not being a driver herself, and having been used for more than thirty years to sitting in the front seat of various motor vehicles, whilst Ted narrowly missed lampposts, grazed other vehicles, and murdered foolish chickens, the driving of an elderly man in an elderly cab, who had illusions of winning Le Mans, did not worry her. She climbed out when they reached the store as calm and collected as she'd climbed in, never having noticed the seven close shaves they'd had as they tore through the city. You will wait, won't you? she said as she left the cab. I shan't be very long. She was, of course. The brilliant lighting, the little booths set around the circular foyer with the galleries rising tier on tier above her, wooed her into spending both time and money. But even so, she chose with care and with pleasure the gifts that each recipient would enjoy. Sarah, The divorced wife of her only brother, Louis, was to have a pair of earrings shaped like tiny black velvet gloves and a large bottle of exquisite French perfume. Sarah was rich and beautiful and wore Paris clothes anyway as of right, or perhaps on her elegant figure. All clothes looked like Paris models. But Tina loved Sarah and felt guilty that Louis had treated her so badly, hence the bottle of perfume as well as the earrings. She chose a soft evening wrap for Cece, pale blue with silver stars embroidered on it. It was soft and cuddly, like Cece herself, 
for even at 47, Cece was given to dewy eyes and romantic novels and large boxes of Turkish delight. Tina had no doubt that the stole would fit perfectly into Cece's picture of herself as a delicate pastel creature. Rachel, on the other hand, was a gay and much more definite person, lacking Cece's delicate colours, perhaps, but with a verve and strength of character which she shared with Tina. Tina bought her a scarlet umbrella with an ivory handle, because she could see how Ray's vivid face would glow beneath its shelter, warming and brightening the dullest of rainy days. Becky, the only unmarried sister, was a hospital matron. She had very little time for her sisters, nor they for her, but Tina bought her a handsome silver brooch made in the shape of the sacre coeur because it would look nice on the dark clothing that Becky favoured.